People have been hunting birds since the dawn of time. They've been hunted for food, for feathers, and more recently for pleasure and sport. People hunt many different types of birds for many different reasons. And you are about to hear some of the stories behind these reasons. This is the GoHuntBirds.com podcast. Episode number 14. Today is uh, November the 23rd, and I'm recording a podcast here from my office in Pembroke, Ontario. Uh, sat down with Jason Smith a couple of days ago. Jason stayed at my house for the weekend. We did a bit of goose hunting. Jason wanted to get his layout boat into the water, and uh, so we did that. Got a few birds. The reason why we wanted to have Jason on our podcast, Jason was one of our very first We'll say followers, but I mean, realistically, one of our really good fans and now friends who started following our brand. Uh, Go Hunt Birds was founded in 2013, and shortly after we started our little venture, uh, we met this guy from Timmins, started following our page, buying some of our t-shirts and hats, started to buy stuff for his family and friends, and became just a real advocate of what Go Hunt Birds was about. So um, Jason's now one of our core group members that hunts with us on a regular basis even though he lives in Timmins which is a few hours away from we are he often makes the trek down to our duck camps and our turkey camps and you know any chance he gets he migrates south and really huge fan and advocate of waterfowl hunting Uh, Jason's also a staff member for Canadian Waterfowl Supplies so you'll often see him posting stuff about their sales and gear and all that kind of stuff and he's just really been one of the ambassadors or in foul answers, maybe you'll put it, um, for the waterfowl hunting circles in Ontario. So sit down with Jason, have a quick listen to this podcast. And uh, like I said, it's now November the 23rd. We're starting to be froze up here um, where we are. So we're going to have to start migrating south too. Um, you know, that's how it goes when you when you want to keep bird hunting when the season's over. So. Uh, anyway, thanks. Sit back and enjoy. So it is uh, the 17th of November, and we're starting to wind down our waterfowl season. Um, Jason Smith been hunting with us for, I think, around five years now, off and on, since we started Go Hunt Birds. And so Jason was actually one of the original people who started following our company. Met him as a total stranger, and now here, five years later, he's one of our regular group members that hunts with us on a regular basis, even though that he doesn't live here in in the Pembroke area. So welcome to the podcast, Jason. Thanks for having me. And I wanted to kind of ask you about how you got into waterfowl hunting, and then maybe how you kind of found us. So we'll we'll start with how long, you know, kind of introduce yourself, and uh, how long have you been doing this? Yeah, so I mean, hunting in general um, has been since I was old enough to walk with Dad. Grouse hunting, rabbit hunting in northern Ontario, and became old enough to start going to deer and moose camps and, and things like that. But Dad was never into waterfowl, so that came later. And uh, <clears throat> just just got interested in it from, from what I saw online and what other friends were doing. And 
took an interest to it and spent uh, spent a season uh, learning uh, as much as I could and going out on my own trial and error and figured out real quick that I needed a boat and needed a dog and and then all those pieces came together and and from there it just kind of kind of flourished um, found go hunt birds actually through Ontario to doors form mm-hmm. um, started uh, started from there found the found the Facebook found the website and uh, a buddy of mine Matt Millions who I think you know yeah uh, Matt's been hunting with us before yeah so uh, him and I were were duck hunting back home and we shot a bunch of ducks and we're we're doing the photos afterwards and uh, you know just for fun for a plug we wrote gohuntbirds.com in the dirt on the side of my vehicle I remember that. <laughs> one of those little Dodge uh, Journey I think eh? yeah exactly yeah, yeah so, so there's the photo with the, the dog and Matt and I and the ducks and then beside the the big go hunt birds so one of the one of the group members posted on the Ontario to doors forum one of the group members sent me a message and just said what's your what's your t-shirt size we'll send you a shirt for the for the plug and I think that's uh, that's how you got my address and we started chatting and it's been uh it's been an interesting five years yeah and it, I mean we've sent a lot of stuff up your way and uh it's been interesting to see how how a guy from Timmins, where where generally the waterfowl season is only really a couple of weeks long, because of because of the cold weather and how quickly it freezes up there. But how you seem to have integrated yourself into the waterfowling community in Ontario, especially, um, you know, kind of I'm sure kind of through us a little bit, but a lot on your own as well. Yeah, I mean, definitely. I mean, the the Go Hunt Birds team themselves are. Are pretty much family now, but it's the buddy hunts that have spun off of that, right? Through through duck camp and turkey camp, and you know we we all conjugate here and we meet here, but it doesn't end here. We uh, we keep in touch throughout the year, and that allows me to extend my season beyond our freeze up. Speaking of speaking in touch, like tell me how much of a huge tool social media is for you for this. It's the main tool. I mean, aside from the the gun and the ammo and the dog and and all the the tools that we all use if it wasn't for social media my season would end when Timmins locks up yeah and I'm sure there's probably a lot of guys up there that that is the case absolutely you know and and I know up there in northern Ontario a big game is kind of the rule of the roost and Mm -hmm. uh, even around here you know we we joke that once once deer season comes everybody kind of goes rogue you know but uh, I know that's really the case up in northern Ontario yeah, 100%. I mean, waterfowling um, in general, I think, has been on the rise. <clears throat> Pardon me, but in, in Timmins, it's because it's a small community and some of the spots are are uh, pretty well known. We've seen the opening days, you know, the number of trucks at the launch increase year after year. But as soon as moose opens, as soon as deer opens, as soon as it gets a little bit cold, those trucks disappear. Yeah, well, that's the same everywhere. It's just, you know, you, you've been here for a couple of days, and we were out on the weekend. Or not on the weekend, I guess it was uh, Thursday. Thursday, yeah. Thursday scouting and then Friday hunting, and, and uh, we were the only ones probably on the lake or close to it. I, yeah. I know there was one other group of guys out there that I kind of found out afterwards, but, but uh, we busted probably, what, I don't know, eight to ten inches of ice yeah. for, for how long? <laughs> Twenty bolt lengths out. Yeah, it was a, it was a and, good. Uh, uh, there definitely wasn't. I remember thinking when we when we were leaving, and I was about to turn my truck off and hit, you know, lock the doors. I'm like, no one's coming out here behind us. I don't have to move out of the way here. Like, 
I've noticed that more and more over the years too. There's been there's been early early season. There's been a lot of younger guys, you know, young I say young lads, you know, the guys in their twenties. And once uh, once the deer opens and the bow season opens and it gets a little bit cold, you know, they're not around. So just the hardcore guys like you that are driving from <laughs> from you know six hours away to come hunt and hang out. Your uh, you mentioned about your dad not being as much of a waterfowler, but your dad was at the duck camp we had this year. Uh, tell me about how you're kind of being a bad influence on. <laughs> yeah, so I mean, Dad always did the big game with with his camps, and you know, of course, small games growing up, and uh, you know, uh, as as I got excited about this and more into it, Dad got excited about it, and I would bring the dog down to, to Cornwall where Dad lives, and and we'd go shoot geese, and he'd get to watch his grand dog work as he, as he calls her. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just, uh, he, he got pretty uh, pretty excited about it, and it's something that he's uh, become quite fond of over the years, and, uh, you know, this year we, or we, but uh, you extended the invite to uh, to duck camp, and uh, I don't think he's had that much fun in a while. He's uh, He still talks about it. Yeah, well, we... Um... And your son and him out last year, we did a three-generation hunt, which was kind of neat. Um, your son, I think at the time, was six or seven. Yeah, he would have been uh, five between five and six, yeah. for sure. and uh, your dad coming out and then yourself. And, and, I mean, for a guy that doesn't waterfowl a lot, he was pretty into it. So, um, But I, I remember when we, you know, when we set out the invites for, for duck camp, I just kind of go through my social media pages and you know kind of make notes who's who's been a supporter and who's you know really itching to do this and because your dad's not on social media, I, I you know never even dawned on me to invite a guy like that and that's kind of something that kind of opened my eyes because there are a lot of guys that uh, especially older fellows that don't maybe use the internet as much as we do and you know. It was really cool to see how much he appreciated that. So, yeah, absolutely. So, so, so on the record, he'll be definitely invited for next year. <laughs> so, maybe if he's listening to this podcast, if the, is that a thing? We'll we'll we'll, we'll teach yeah. him how to listen. Um, yeah, we'll we'll definitely get him uh, linked up. Here. Can you can you teach an old dog new tricks? I think so. Yeah. So, but uh, Maddie over here sleeping beside us would agree too. Yeah, and so um, anyway, yeah, glad to have your dad hunt here anytime and. We should start to plan to have him here a little more regularly, just hanging out. Yep, you know. absolutely. Um, tell me about your new boat. Yeah, I mean, uh, a lot of uh, the Go Hunters followers probably have already seen it. Uh, but yeah, we just got the uh, the Momarsh Fatback uh, layout combo. And then powered it with a, with a backwater uh, mud motor. So again, bought it, uh, you know pretty late in the season just uh, took delivery a couple weeks ago so you know between work and and other responsibilities by the time it was ready to go we were iced out so you know we quickly made plans to uh to migrate uh, a little further south and uh and get it on its maiden voyage here in mm-hmm. uh, Pembroke so it hit the water their first time today on an actual hunt because I know you did have it in the water for a test run for a test run, yeah. Um, but today was actually the first time hunting out of it. So, what do you think about layout boat hunting? 
it's pretty neat. Um, I mean, obviously, those who have done it, it's similar to laying out in your in your layout blind. However, your layout blind doesn't rock with the waves, yeah. and when your dog moves, your layout blind, your, no, your dog's not in your layout blind. Yeah. She's not rocking it. So, um, you know, a little bit different uh, getting that, and you know, getting your center of gravity and keeping still and getting in and out's a little bit of a, a learning curve when you're a, when you're a big lad. But uh, you know, we uh, we got first blood on it today, so yeah couple of nice drakes yeah that are both uh, gonna end up on a wall somewhere absolutely no I've, I've had a waterfowl um, layout boat now for I want to say six years five years we, we bought two of them and uh, Dan Ampleman has the other one now I tried to buy Dan's before I bought mine yeah, I think I think I did too I think I, <laughs> I, I would have liked to have bought that as well but somebody told me I didn't need two boats so we'll leave it at that but uh, anyway uh, it is nice to have a second guy that has a layout boat because they're not as much fun on your own, and it's nice to get out with other people. And and uh, so now we're making plans to to modify your trailer <laughs> so we can stack one on top of another for, for next fall. That didn't take long. No, but uh, I only have used mine probably two or three times a year since I've got it. You know, I haven't used it a ton, but I mean, the times I haven't used it, it's like, man, this is pretty slick. So. I don't. Have, I have a Four Rivers Refuge Runner, which is a company out of Missouri, and uh, I had mine built along with another guy I used to hunt with. We had two of them built the same. We shipped them from Missouri to New York State, and then we drove down from from Ontario and picked them up. So, and like I said, uh, the other guy sold his. Uh, Dan Ampleman now has his, and and actually Dan and I have not yet hunted out of them together. Yeah, we were so. we were hoping to get Dan up here. Uh, this weekend, but uh, yeah. plan is fell through. The, uh, the boats have been together in a hunt because um, last year at Duck Camp, I lent my boat to some of the guys that were, mm-hmm. were hunting. Dan had his as well, so hopefully next fall we'll get three or four of those boats together and uh, you know have a have a layout boat hunt, Absolutely. layout boat mafia. They did say, <laughs> but uh, it's just it just adds another tool to the to the bird hunting arsenal, right? Absolutely. I mean. Uh, Back home, there's really only one other uh, lad that I hunt with. Again, that's Matt Millions, and mm-hmm. uh, he works shift work. So mm-hmm. if he's not off, I'm on my own. And, yeah. uh, you know, what better way to get out, just me and the dog, than one of those boats. But yep. as you said, when, when I come down here and, and trailer it down, I mean, the more the merrier. So it'll be uh, it'll be nice to uh, to do the double hunts. We'll throw it in the pile of gear. Yes. So uh, speaking of that, you're... Um, you're one of the Canadian waterfowl, or, or sorry, Canadian uh, waterfowl supplies staff, mm-hmm. you know, and I think uh, I think is the joke that Pat said. You know, he just bought so much stuff from him. <laughs> his staff yeah, absolutely. Um, a lot of money tied up in this, eh? Yeah, it's. Uh, I mean, it's an investment. Um, and when you invest that kind of money, you want to take care of your stuff. You yeah, put them in purses. That way, you put all your stuff in decoy bags. Exactly. So, hey. Teach their own. You see how I handle my stuff, and and uh, I think it's pretty neat and organized. Now the guy we hunted with yesterday was a complete <laughs> disaster, polar opposite. Yeah. So, but uh, Mark, Mark Poe was kind enough to post a video of uh, me picking up decoys, saying I was making a mess and tangling them. But yeah. I really don't know how you would not tangle those. Yeah. But uh, they seem to work. Yesterday we shot all. Was that yes? Like I'm lost in that was yesterday. It's it's been uh, yeah yeah. yeah, We hunted all day yesterday. We shot 
We shot a bunch of ducks. We shot at some other ducks that weren't quite so so lucky to come home with us and shot a couple of geese and shot a band. That yeah, nice. that was pretty cool. Usually always the way it is, is uh, when the loner comes in or the one you least <laughs> expect. And we had one lone goose drop into the decoys and it was on my end, so down it went. And that we didn't think too much of it because there was a few more circling around and then the dog went out and got it and... He's like, uh, what did you say? Hey, Mark. You know, guess yeah. what? Yeah. Kind of the old hand over the band trick and, and let it drop as I hand it to you. Yeah. And so that was cool. It was uh, banded two years ago in Pertonervic, Quebec. Uh, we seem to shoot a lot of banded geese from there over the years. Uh, I've looked at that place on a map and it's it's directly, directly north from us. But it's like, and again, I'm not going to be... Uh, Exact, but I want to say it's like three thousand kilometers straight north. But again, I could be wrong. I just I remember looking at it on a map before. Um, kind of neat though. Just you know, where where birds are banded and where they end up, and the way that they fly and the flyways that they go on. So, you know, and I sometimes every time I hunt with you, we should seem to shoot bands. We do. It's huh? yeah. So either one of us or both of us or. We've we've had a good streak over the years for sure. Yeah. Um, one time it was all three of us. Brendan Veerman was with us, and we shot three bands in one hunt. Three sing- three singles. Three single birds banded, all banded in three different areas of Ontario, and one after another. It was it was three singles yeah. in a row. Yeah, so but, uh, that was pretty cool. And poor Alfie was with us, and he didn't get a band that day. So, <laughs> but. Um, so let's circle back here. How did you, you know, get into the whole go hunt birds thing? And I mean, we talked about it on the social media and stuff, but like, how has it become a big part of your hunting? Yeah, I mean, so <clears throat> we, uh, you know, we 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 met online. Um, so we do like, meet guys online and yeah, meet, <laughs> meet them at coffee shops in the middle of nowhere. <laughs> yeah. And uh, so, so we did that, and our first hunt together would have been the very first duck camp. Yeah, and that's when I met you, Brendan Veerman, and uh, the Evans brothers, Sheldon and Chris. Yeah, down at and Ron, uh, Ronnie was with Ron us. was there as well. That's right. Yep, down in uh, in Madoc, mm-hmm. and that was the the first time that we had we had met in person and, and shared a hunt. And I remember that we, we couldn't find a field to lock down. That's we right. showed up at that field, and these guys. Looked like they were going to hunt it the next day. That's right. I said, "You guys going to hunt here tomorrow?" And they're like, "Yeah, we're going to hunt. We're going to go shoot over there." And I said, uh, "Mind if we join you?" Well, I don't know. And uh, what you know, you guys going to any decoys? I said, "Yeah, we got. I think what do we have? Ten dozen? Ten, twelve dozen?" He goes, "What time will you be here?" He said, <laughs> <laughs> and we had a great shoot. Yeah. Again, yeah. shot a couple bands. We that did. Day. We did. Uh, we did. Chris, I believe Chris shot. Chris those, shot right? a band, and yeah. I shot one. I got one, and Chris shot one. We'll we'll check with Sheldon and see if Chris shot yeah, it. He'll yeah. tell us. Um, but yeah, so I mean, we we did the first camp, and uh, I believe it was the following turkey season when uh, we met up again. Yeah, um, Tim Hortons. That's we, right. Yeah, we, we yeah. just had a chat. We didn't hunt. We just we just got together and chatted. And then uh, you were doing the pro staff thing for the yeah. uh, for, for go hunt birds, and uh, and I was on board with that to, to help yeah, you promote. Were, the, I want to say you might have been the first or second guy. Yeah, me and Corey, I think. Corey Baker's Baker. when you, just Sheldon and Chris, 
Brendan Meerman. Uh, Lonnie Savoy was on there at one point or another. Yeah. So, I yeah, so I mean, we, we did that and uh, we just, uh, you know, one or two hunts a year and then the camps became and, and really, I mean, the, the Go Hunt Birds core team pretty much became family. Like, you, you know, we what what came to one to two hunts came to five or six trips a year mm-hmm. and I think what do we we're up to 21 22 hunts together yeah, this year you know, 20 times with us this year you know and it's it's not a it's not like a quick drive from Timmins so um you know it's uh it's, it's but I mean good. you come down you have a place to stay now like yeah you know you, you've stayed here at my place or you've stayed at our camp I think you've stayed at Matt's a couple of times yep yeah uh, just I remember one night he's rolling on my camp, sending me videos of you guys sitting drinking all my beer. That's right. <laughs> that's, that's exactly it. So. And I was I was away doing something. He's sending me Facebook videos of we need more beer. The the fridge is empty. So um, the camaraderie is what I think it is the drawing factor, right? A hundred percent. Yeah. You know? And so uh, tomorrow we're going to try to tee up another hunt. Jason's been here for got here Wednesday. Again, Wednesday right? night is now Saturday. We didn't hunt Thursday. We kind of scouted all day. And uh, even though we scouted all day, I think there was some blood that day, too. There was. Yeah, yeah that's right. So, yeah, it's a productive day. So we're, we're three days in a row here where there's been birds put in the freezer. or the fr- Actually, nothing's hit the freezer other than these two mounters. Yeah, we've uh, we've been enjoying... Uh, we've been eating them as we go, and the, and, uh, the geese were kind of letting marinate until we... Hopefully shoot a few more tomorrow, and then we'll freeze them all together. Yeah. But uh, we've had duck two nights in a row for dinner. They're not bad, eh, those ducks? There's nothing wrong with those. Oh, that's... If you've never had duck, that's a that's a great way to get turned yeah. on to them. Actually, Maybe actually coffee, coffee Dan. Coffee Dan had, was here with us last night having dinner with us, and he had his duck for the first time. And I mean, obviously, for, for those of you who haven't had uh, duck... Uh, courtesy of Mark it's uh, I won't give away the secret to the family recipe but basically <clears throat> cream cheese wrapped in bacon secret spices and into the oven yeah it's kind of like uh, is it one of those keto diet things is that, would that count oh, as probably. keto I think so yeah. I think that would be a keto diet we'll call that sure um, but uh, anyway we, had, we we're having a good time it's been a good season um, Jason's been down Quite a bit with us hunting, especially over the last bunch of years. He's now part of our full-time team, and I say team; it's just, it's just basically the guys that are we call regulars. That uh, even though Jason doesn't live here, he's definitely become family in our group of circle of friends, and and we just want to have him down as regularly as possible. So, um, you know, and uh, it's been good so far. Yeah, yeah it's, uh, I think it's been mutually beneficial. Yeah, and I mean, I've been, I haven't been all the way up to Timmins to hunt, but we did meet in New Lisker That's right, a couple of seasons ago, and that's right. Hunted with some mutual friends, and and uh, I think I am going to try to come up to the Timmins DU hunt or not a DU dinner. Yes. Uh, in March, March second for uh, anybody who wants to make the trek. Uh, Timmins in uh, in March is beautiful. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I can imagine. <laughs> You know, does, the, does the lake freeze right to the bottom, or <laughs> by March? Yeah, yeah. I yeah. think the bottom's just letting up by then. Yeah. So, um, little fun fact: my first ever waterfowl hunt was in Timmins, Ontario. 
um, a friend of mine, John Capel, who owns Little John's Pro- Wood Products in Timmins, uh, invited me up there. And my very first goose that I shot was in Timmins, Ontario. So it's fitting. It's kind of neat. Uh, same with my very first duck, both shot in Timmins, Ontario. And uh, that was what kind of got me hooked. Still remember that hunt. It's like it happened yesterday, and I've been on a lot of them since. So I, I didn't hunt at all as a kid, and now I'm overcompensating for that. So. <laughs> Make it up for lost time. Yeah. I think uh, there's worse things we could be out there doing. Yeah. I keep track of how many times a field all of our regular guys hunt, and uh, tomorrow I think it's going to be number 54 for me. So, so I get out enough. And there's still a few days left. There's still two months left almost. Might not be here. We're starting to freeze up here. Yeah. Uh, pretty much all the small waters froze that I've seen. All the little creeks, all the little ponds, all the little back ponds. Um, and looking at the long range forecast, especially in the overnights. There's a couple mm-hmm. nights this coming week where the evenings, like overnight, is going to be minus 16, minus 12, minus 13. So... So, I mean, that's, that's a good segue. So, you know, Mark Vassarge, Brendan uh, Veerman, Corey Baker. All those guys in southern Ontario have still open water. We may uh, be coming to visit you. A couple, uh, maybe, maybe mid-December, yeah. check yeah. your calendars. So I am going the other way first. I'm supposed to go hunt sea ducks with a couple of fellows on the December 1st weekend. So uh, I've never shot an eider before. So that's on uh, my list of birds to hunt. Uh, every year I try to shoot a bird that I haven't hunted before and kind of target mm-hmm. it. Um, so last year I knocked off a bunch of those shooting specks and cranes and I've never shot a Ross's goose before. So our trip to Saskatchewan, I was able to to put a lot of those you know, off the slate. And uh, this year so far, the only bird, I believe it or not, I never shot a hooded merganser before <laughs> and uh, shot one this year so. So hopefully that was not the only bird that I get rid of this year. There's uh, eiders. Apparently Barrow's golden eyes are close to where we're hunting, so maybe we might shoot those too. But It'll be a good time regardless. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Um, any other stuff you want to kind of mention about hunting in general or stuff you want to get off your chest or yell at me or something like that? Or No, I think we're good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, no. You've been having fun training your dog. Dog's been good. You've been training your dog. Yeah, she's, uh, yeah, she's, she's hanging in there. She's had a lot of hunts this season. Yeah. What about uh, your boys? To show, you know, Miles has been down with us a few times. Yeah, so so Miles is going to be turning uh, turning eight in February. Sawyer's turning five next week. So so Miles started. I mean, both of them started hunting. You know, again when they could start walking. Miles, maybe even before, I think I remember pulling him in a wagon to grow something. Mm-hmm. But uh, Miles, uh, Miles came for opener last year when you came up to, yeah. to Liskard. Yeah. And then we came down here and did the three generation hunt. And then Miles came down again this year. So I think next year Sawyer's uh, going to be uh, turn, teeing yeah. up. Yep. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, all we can do is uh, keep bringing them out and pray that that spark ignites uh, in the same way it has for us. And, well, my little guy's four now, and he's starting to want to come. So I, I think maybe this spring I might bring him turkey hunting. Put him in a pop-up Put, blind. Pop-up blind, yep. you know, bring him for an hour or two, see if he likes it, you know, see if we can get him out of bed early. That's, that's always the challenge, yeah. 
you know, or even I mean, you know what? Turkey hunting in the middle of the day is kind of doable as well. So mm-hmm. I've shot turkeys at all times of the day. You know, but uh, it's cool to get kids into to this stuff. And actually, we've been talking um, about you know, so we do these duck camps, and every the last couple of duck camps we've had, there's been a young lad there. And I say young lad, you know, age seventeen or younger. And uh, I think I'm going to look at doing the demographics of doing a youth camp um, next year, where it would be, you know, ten dads with their ten sons. Sons would kind of have to be be age twelve to seventeen or in and around that age. Be three nights, you know, and just kind of focus on father son getting them into to hunting a little more. So uh, I think there's enough go hunt birds followers that would that would you know sign up to do something like that our our own boys are still a little young for something Mm -hmm. like this but but uh, we do do a youth hunt every year on uh for youth waterfowl heritage day and um you know it's been a huge success and i I, you know a lot of these kids like i said age kind of 12 to 17 they can get their apprentice license Mm -hmm. um i think something like that to be in a in a weekend setting with a bunch of other young kids and, and I mean it'll probably be all it'll be all boys with their dads and not, no offense to the women or to the girls that are following us but uh, the way that we set up our camps they're just not feasible for women with you know bathroom facilities and privacy and all this kind of stuff mm-hmm. so um, and that and that's that's really where the uh, you know, the girls like Lorianne Horst and, and these other girls that are putting these women's events yep. on is really yep. great because, you know, some of these leaders in the women's hunting world are taking control or leadership, you know, where, um, well, I'll, you know, I personally anyway will focus on the boys and the guys and, you know, get, not that I don't want to bring women hunting, but it's uh, just the way we can operate. It's easier Guys have a little easier time walking out and peeing outside off the back deck than the women do. So, but, uh, hopefully, our boys are, are hunting with us someday too, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, any last stuff here before we? It's now eleven p.m. So it's been a it's been a long few days, and yeah. uh, another early uh, morning tomorrow. We'll hopefully uh, get after some of the last remaining geese. In yeah, the area. there's not a lot around. Well, I shouldn't say there's not a lot around. There's three or four fields that. In our area, that are still holding some geese. One has a substantial amount. I think he grows them. I think he grows them there too. You know, they seem to be more and more every year. Yeah. And even though we shoot them there, they, they seem to keep multiplying. And, but uh, we did a lot of scouting on Thursday, mm-hmm. and then kind of have an idea of where there's birds. And uh, we're gonna hit a little field tomorrow that's probably gonna have a couple hundred birds in it still. Yeah. The problem is I don't know what time of the day they're going to fly. It could be early. It, um, I scouted them a few times today. It looks like they didn't eat today. They kind of hung around the water. Yep. And usually when they do that, the next day they fly early. It's also supposed to be kind of cold overnight, but they start to warm up early in the morning. Get them moving a little early. So, so who knows? We'll, uh, we'll, try we'll give it a go anyway. Yeah. We're not going to shoot them sleeping. So. No. We're just going to go hunt birds. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, we'll, we'll leave it at that. As you smirk, little, your little sly smirk here is like, look at what I just did. So, cool, Jason. Thanks, awesome. man. Well, we'll thanks a lot, Mark. We'll shut her down here. <laughs>